Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Well, welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Thanks for joining us here at the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. We try to look at world events through the eye of some sanity, a little bit through the eye of faith, and a lot just through the eye of the excitement of our times and what a great time it is in which to live. I want to talk to you in this podcast about the Varsity Blues scandal. This is the name the press has put on it, but you know what I'm talking about. This year, it came to our knowledge, the press began to talk about the fact that some wealthy people people, largely Hollywood types, had spent huge amounts of money to get their children into American universities. There was a certain man named William Singer uh, who had put together a firm and a bunch of processes by which he could take large amounts of money, by the way, given to a nonprofit, if you can believe it, uh, illegally, and uh, that money would then secure positions for the children of these wealthy people. Well, I want to make some observations about this, tell you a little bit about how I found out about it. Uh, and then make a very unusual prediction at the end of it all, uh, because there's one person in particular I have my eye on in this situation, and I think some interesting things are going to come about for that person. But anyway, I first found out about this scandal in a very unusual way. I had just made a speech for a charity at a large fundraiser out in California, and when I came off the stage and had finished, you know, shaking hands and saying hi to folks, a guy kind of cornered me and began began to pitch me for a charity he had started. Well, I listened for for a while, I felt frankly like his pitch to me was inappropriate just because we were there, you know, at an event. Actually, it was an entire weekend, actually, that was a fundraiser for another very, very worthy charity. So, but he was pitching me on his charity. So this went on for a while. And when he walked away, when he was done, uh, some of my friends came up to me, people who were attending the event, people who were putting the event on. And they were very concerned about that conversation I had just had. And that it was obvious they were trying to protect me from something. Well, pretty soon they told me that this was the man who not only was guilty in a thing called the Varsity Blues scandal, they knew about it and I didn't, but also he's the one who had blown the whistle. He had turned state's evidence, so to speak. Uh, He was the one who was helping to explain the whole thing to the authorities so that others then could be charged. And they were concerned that he was trying to rope me into this in some way. Well, of course, he never mentioned it. I'm not going to mention this gentleman's name. Um, But That's the odd way in which I first became aware of this scandal, of this situation, by actually having a conversation with the guy who, quote unquote, broke the story. So that made me interested, not only because I had a little bit of personal connection to that individual, I'm talking about one conversation after a speech, um, but also because I care very much about higher education. If you listen to this podcast, I'm real concerned about uh, higher education in America. I'm concerned about what the content of the courses are. I'm concerned about the training of American educational philosophy and uh, the content, and like I say, in a lot of courses. I'm concerned about the overemphasis on liberal arts programs as much as I believe them, believe in them and have devoted myself to them. Uh, I've said many times, in fact, I think I said in my very last podcast that I'm concerned that everyone's being herded towards liberal arts degrees and higher education and bachelor's degrees when it's not for everyone. And by the way, the, fut- the markets, the future jobs are not all going to be in that area. 
area. We need to be more diverse and we need to take up a, a page from the, the, the battle plan, the educational battle plan of Germany and things like that. So I, I've made all that kind of point before. But the reason that I emphasize this so much is obviously I care about education. Obviously, I'm a teacher. Obviously, I'm a speaker. Obviously, I'm a writer. Uh, but beyond that, I care about my country. I care about future generations. I care about what we're teaching them. I care about uh, college debt, quite frankly, the unbelievable burden of uh, university and college debt and, uh, and, the, and the kind of schemes and almost Ponzi schemes that are foisted upon the young. All of these things ought to be concerned um, of, of the, the concern of anybody who's just basically compassionate uh, and, and caring, but also, of course, patriots. So, I, yes, I care about higher education. What this scandal reveals is something that those of us who have a little connection to higher education know, and that is that admissions is often fungible. It's manipulatable. It's malleable. It's not just a linear process. It's not just, look, play sports, get good grades, be in student government, apply to the university, pay your bills, you'll be fine. No, there are many ways to get into a university. There are legacy programs, people who have attended a certain university, they have children, those children have special access. Does that diminish the university if those children aren't aren't, uh, uh, up to snuff, if they don't meet the standards of the university? Yes, it can, and it certainly has. Then you have uh, the the, uh, people who are big contributors. Uh, Obviously, any university that uh, all universities raise money and they look for their big donors, they look for their wealthy alumni to give money. And yes, this obviously skews the admissions process. All of that's kind of normal. All that's known. All that's been around for generations. And it's just the way the educational business takes place. It's not corrupt. Uh, It may be a little unfair at times. Um, It may diminish the academic level of the university at times. These are things people have been worried about for 100, 150 years in America. The difference with this scandal is that people were actually bought off. People in the process, people in the university system, uh, people were actually bought off and in ways that there ought to have been controls and monitoring to prevent. I mean, literally, high school kids who did not ever play a given sport were being recruited, were being admitted to the university based on the idea that they might be superstars in a given sport. So so think about that for a moment. I've never in my life played tennis, but because my father perhaps has got some money, that's not true by the way, but I'm just making it up, my, because my father maybe is going to give somebody $100,000, I'm actually recruited uh, on a tennis scholarship, or at least on the possibility of a tennis scholarship, and nobody ever factually verifies that I can even play tennis, even know how to hold a racket, which by the way, I don't. So this is the kind of thing that was going on. People were paid at the testing centers to alter tests. I'm talking about ACT, SATs. People were uh, paid to look the other way uh, when students were recruited based on uh, compl- no abilities whatsoever, just purely their parents' money. Lies were told, tests were falsified, records were falsified, and all because big money was being passed around. Bear in mind now that this was not only William Singer, who now become, you know, very famous as the corrupt person at the heart of this, who actually started a charity to make all this happen. By the way, these wealthy people who were making contributions were actually getting um, their this, this, this deducted from their taxes. Can you believe it? These were tax-free donations they were making to their own children. But beyond that, 
The issue is that university officials were actually bought off. People were paid. And the system is so loose that no one noticed. We're talking about Princeton. We're talking about an attempt at Yale. Uh, we're talking about other schools. And I got to tell you that one of the things that's kind of odd, now I have a little fun teasing my friends about their universities and their love of their universities. I have a lot of friends who have connections at USC, um, University of Southern California. Now, it, it's just fun. It's just a rivalry. So nothing that I'm saying here critical is, is serious. But I will have to say that a number of these parents were paying lots of money to get their children into USC. Well, I mean, according to Forbes, as fine a university as USC is, according to Forbes, USC is the 30th ranked university in this country. That's pretty good. It's not top. It's, this is, I mean, we're not talking about Oxford or Cambridge here. Um, but these parents were paying massive money to get their children into a university, which is a fine university, but is not worth corrupting your whole moral and legal life over. Um, it's just that it was just the trendy, cool school that the kids wanted to go to because their friends were going there, or maybe they wanted to be in the film industry. So we're, we're not we're talking not talking about people paying a lot of money here to accomplish noble ends or to accomplish high, uh, truly deeply academic and, and high intellectual ends. I mean, these were not kids who were aspiring to go to Harvard Law or something. Um, these were kids who just wanted to get into the cool school uh, near where they lived, where all their buddies were going. USC. Again, fine university, uh, but 30th university in the country is not exactly what you, you know, sacrifice your soul for. Frankly, you shouldn't sacrifice your soul for any university. But let's go back to the point. The point here is that there were people within these university systems who were bribable, who were corruptible, who could be bought. One actress is, and her husband are accused of paying a half a million dollars through this charity to get their kids into the schools they wanted to go to. Others ranged down as small as 15,000, but it was 15,000 to change uh, the, the, the answers on an SAT or, or ACT exam. So, so this is the, the problem, that we have these people who are corruptible within the university system. And it means that many of these universities have very loose admissions programs. Now, we know that there's been bigotry in admissions programs. At times in our history, against certain ethnicities, uh, there were originally uh, earlier on in our history there there were there was bigotry against women. Uh, there has always been bigotry against people who don't have enough money or are or have, have financial needs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's some degree of religious. Uh, bigotry that has obviously surfaced in, in, in the American university system. But I, my, the reason that I'm doing this podcast, the reason that I'm contending for this so strongly or, or bringing this up so, so fiercely is that every university needs to examine its admissions program needs to look at the people that are there. First of all, they need to be people of character. Second of all, you need to pay them well. And third of all, you need to have uh, constant double-checking, eyes on the situation. You shouldn't have one low-level tennis coach who can fake the idea or fake the, 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 the fact that a high school kid plays tennis and is going to come in on a scholarship when the kid doesn't even play tennis, got no awards, uh, has no history, there's nothing in the newspaper. I mean, a Google search probably would have solved this. Uh, 
the, clearly the system's too loose in many cases. Clearly it's corruptible. And we need to be looking at this because, obviously, it becomes biased against the very kind of people we want to have in our universities. What do we love as Americans? We love the stories of the kid who works hard and works at the pizza joint and his parents sacrifice and he goes to college and he becomes the first kid maybe in his family line to get a university degree. And then he moves on from there and he continues to rise. We want that. We believe in that. Well, we don't want the system bigoted against that kid. We don't want uh, people to be able to buy the position in the university that kid ought to have. He's academically competent, but maybe he doesn't have, uh, his family doesn't have a lot of money. Or he's black, or he's Asian, or he's, uh, who knows, uh, a Muslim, or an evangelical, or whatever the bias of that particular university is. All that to say, the system has to be not regulated by government, but regulated internally. Every university needs to examine its admissions program and make sure it can't be bought. Yeah, there are family legacies. If my kids went to the universities, decided to go to the universities that I've attended, I would expect them to have some kind of discount on their tuition or, or get a second look if they weren't quite qualified um, because they were, they were part of that legacy. That's appropriate. That's fine. But I shouldn't be able to buy their position into the university. And if my name was on one of the universities, buildings. That doesn't mean the kid ought to, who's got straight Fs ought to get into the university and thus drag the entire academic status of the university down. But the main issue is no one within the system should be corruptible. No one should be corruptible. It shouldn't be possible, first of all, for one person to make massive decisions, and it shouldn't be possible, second of all, for money to make the difference. I want to suggest that this varsity blue situation is not an aberration. This guy was doing this openly. He was relatively flaunting it. Uh, he was talking to powerful people. He was talking, by the way, uh, to members of the bar, people who are members who are officers of the court, lawyers. These people will endure greater penalty, obviously, because they, they are supposed to be upholders of the law. Um, this, was, this was not done in, in darkness. This was not done undercover. This was fairly open. And, he, and this guy was passing money around on university campuses all over the country. I believe I've seen that we're into the tens of millions that this guy had passed around. So all of that to say that this is a good moment for tightening down, for reexamination, for assuring fairness, and for to make making sure that no William Stringer can pervert any university in this country. Now, almost all of you, many of you who had listened to this podcast have some connection to some university. I've got friends who never even went to college, but they just love a certain local university and send their kids there and cheer on the football team. Great. But also be involved in lobbying and urging and having conversations that push towards fairness in admissions. This, is, this has got to happen. This is a good moment for it. And this situation, this varsity blue situation, reveals that there are gaping holes in the system. System. And they work against fairness, they work against a democratic approach to American education, and they work against the very thing we love, which is the Horatio Alger story, the, the, the common guy, the guy on the street, the guy with talent but not wealth rising to the top. That's the kind of country we want to be. Now, I told you that I, I had my eye on one person in particular, uh, and that is Felicity 
Huffman. If you've been paying attention to the news, Felicity Huffman paid $15,000 for her child's college admission tests to be changed by a proctor before they ever went to the university. Uh, This is a violation of the law. She's been charged. She's been found guilty. Uh, She's been sentenced to two weeks in jail, in prison, and then a year of probation and community service, and I think a couple hundred thousand dollars in fines. Now, all that's aside. The thing that I find intriguing here, the thing that I, especially as a Christian, that I that I think puts a causes me to focus on this, is that Felicity Huffman has so abjectly admitted her guilt. She has been so transparent. Um, rarely do you ever see this. While other starlets, who, by the way, did many, many hundreds of thousands more than she did. Uh, one Again, one actress did 500000 half a million dollars. Felicity Huffman um, did a, committed a crime, no question, but it was $15,000. She has tearfully admitted her wrong. She has said that she has, there's no justification for it. She has said that the judge is absolutely just. What she did was immoral. It was wrong. She has, uh, her children have looked at her and said, I don't even know who you are anymore. She has admitted this publicly. How embarrassing. Um, Her husband is uh, Bill Macy, William Macy, a very famous actor. You've probably seen him in in many of a number of shows. Um, He walked into court with her. She has apologized to him publicly. Uh, I'm intrigued. Intrigued by people, I tell you what, in my faith, in Christianity, God is drawn to the humble. He's drawn to the repentant. Uh, he's drawn to the brokenhearted. And this woman absolutely committed a crime. She's a famous actress. I don't know what, it, I can't even comment on her, the future of her acting career. I don't know how Hollywood will respond to this stuff. But when someone is as openly and publicly repentant as she is, when they don't uh, plead not guilty, when they don't fight it in court. This is such a small sentence, by the way. It almost certainly could have been modified. She is undergoing the whole thing and saying, give me whatever I'm due. I absolutely did wrong. Keep your eye on her. I, I, I can't comment anything about her previous acting career. I remember her from some movies. Um, it's not that I'm preoccupied with her as an actress. But when a person in public is as abjectly repentant and humble um, and throwing themselves uh, on for mercy. She's not asking for mercy, by the way, but, thro- but saying whatever the court does is absolutely right. I will not ask for any alteration. Something special happens. I think God gets involved. Watch Felicity Huffman's life, and let's see if something special doesn't happen. I have never seen a public person accused in this way of such an embarrassing thing and such a criminal and immoral thing and and then be so publicly abjectly repentant and humble i think something special is going to happen here keep your eye on it and let's make our universities better stephen mansfield is a new york times best-selling author a popular speaker and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and Lincoln's Battle with God. Learn more at stephenmansfield.tv.